Welcome to this edition of the Soma Church Podcast. My name is Ryan Lambert. I'm alongside James Piscasio. And over the next four weeks, we will be posting new episodes in conjunction with our ongoing Justice and Reconciliation Sermon Series to be used as an additional resource to help individuals and MCs, those are our missional communities, walk through these topics as we look to work toward restoring people, places, and systems from hostility to harmony with God, others, and creation. And James, before we get too far into this, let's talk about some important baselines that we want to establish as we look to become a community of practice in this conversation. Sure. As a church, we believe that significant and sustainable change requires a community of support. And there are a few ways that we're looking to do that. We have created a list of resources for people to access. Some of these uh, website, which include Justice and Reconciliation Series Practice Guide, links to books, videos, podcasts, and other websites available um, to you. We're also, you'll also find a downloadable glossary of terms that we think is central to stimulating healthy conversations, reflection, experiments, and accountability. All right, so there certainly are going to be in this conversation, I think we know, some words that we will hear in this series that, that culturally are going to bring about some different emotions. They're going to bring about some different experiences or meanings for, for different people. It's going to be very individualized. And so this glossary of terms that you talked about is something that I've heard discussed quite a bit in preparation for this series. So I'd like you just to expand on what that is a little bit. Yeah, we want to really work to get everybody on the same page. As we go through this series in a shared space, we want to do so with a shared language. It's important to be aware that we're all bringing our own experiences and stories into this conversation, so we want to be clear what we're talking about. The glossary will include biblical terms and concepts with scriptural references, terms such as reconciliation, justice, injustice, and ethnicity. It also include extra biblical terms and concepts that relate to this topic, like race, racism, and segregation. We all would highly encourage people, especially those leading discussions, to have these available and familiarize uh, themselves with the terms so that they can offer the most generous interpretations of one another's thoughts during discussion and to refer to them during Sunday gatherings. So up until now with our spiritual formation series, um, we've been focused on deepening our ability to be with Jesus, and we'll continue to do that. But, but prior to this, we've discussed words and practices such as scripture, prayer, Sabbath, that while these things could sound foreign to skeptics or, or new believers, they feel very much at home and natural in a church setting. But justice and reconciliation potentially might not be words that people have heard preached from the pulpit before. Uh, they might seem more like something printed in history books, something yelled from the television, hashtagged on social media, and the wounds or baggage that we might carry from these concepts may not be from a distant past, but they could be very fresh. Uh, they could be from our workplaces, from our schools, or even our, our families. And many of us have never had healthy, holistic, gospel-centered understanding of these concepts or a place to even have conversation about that. Mm. But justice and reconciliation, they're inherent to the story of God's relationship with his people and also to the gospel story of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and return. So we want to pursue an understanding of God's heart 
for these things. And, and James, with that said, we want to focus on a gospel view of justice and reconciliation in this time. And I'm curious how we look to do that. Yeah, as Christians, we realize and understand that we live in a broken, fallen world. That's not uh, news to any of us, uh, and it's easy for us to, to believe that. The recognition that the systems and structures of our specific time and place in history are broken shouldn't be controversial for Christ followers, right? And at the same time, we believe in a God who restores, who brings justice for the oppressed, we work alongside God in the world to bring just justice and reconciliation, understanding that we cannot have peace through our own power, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit. So really, our, our hope in the, for this series is that this will be a safe place to deconstruct some of our worldly understandings of justice and reconciliation and to reconstruct these important biblical concepts on the foundation of the gospel. Justice and reconciliation cannot be merely safe academic concepts that live in our heads or political ideas that only exist out there in the world. They must transform our hearts and our communities and lead us to live like Christ. So as for the format then of these podcasts, specifically what you can expect are conversations with representatives of each of our SOMA congregations of different races, of different genders, and we hope that they will serve as an additional resource for you during this series and moving forward. So we'll have these discussions surrounding and around the Sunday sermon topics. And for a comprehensive gathering of practice guides, books, videos, podcasts, this glossary of terms we've talked about, as James mentioned, you can get that all online at somaindy.com slash justice. So somaindy.com slash justice. And now we'll get to our first episode. All right, so welcome to our first Justice and Reconciliation roundtable discussion that we're going to have. Um, I know James and I just kind of talked through what you guys can expect in this, and today we're going to be joined by Allison Pascasio, Tony Cross, and Tyra Voguette. I appreciate you all being here with us today to chat about these things, and one thing we want to start with is just some clarity in, in what we're doing. We've talked a lot about defining terms and things like that, but we also want to talk about being realistic within this conversation, um, knowing that, hey, sitting here, we're not going to solve 400-plus years of racial injustice and division uh, during the course of this next month uh, at our congregations. But our goal is, however, to start to see progress both as individuals and then organizationally and, and help each person in the group, our congregations, our, our members, our attendees as a whole, think through some realistic goals that could serve as a reference point for this season. And when we talk through these things, I'm going to give each of you a chance to kind of answer some questions and knowing that you're going to be answering them from your own perspective, from your own experience. These are things that we're bringing to the table. Um, but one thing we heard today specifically at, at Midtown is the thought that in these conversations that we will all get some things wrong. And let's talk honestly, this is a little bit of a vulnerable space where we're going to need to extend some grace to one another. We're going to hear some things we're going to say some things, and we want to make sure that we're in step with giving each other the grace in that, but knowing that we're going to get some things wrong. So you all have actually sat in conversations like this before. You've got some experience in that, and I'd like you just to speak to that idea and what your experience may have been 
in those places? And Tyra, let me start with you. Sure. Um, I mean, I think I have had multiple conversations about this, being a multiracial woman, um, but I, I did grow up with a black father. And so um, the experiences that I've had with uh, racial injustice or um, racial inequality, what have you, um, come from multiple lenses, I would say. Um, I guess the one experience that I had and what conversation I had was with uh, a friend of mine, a white friend of mine um, in college, and we were both a part of the same Christian ministry. Um, and she knew, obviously, that um, racial justice, reconciliation was something that um, was you know, deep in my heart. Um, and she had not really had an experience or an understanding of, of what that looked like. Um, and I also had a black friend in that uh, Christian ministry as well, who I think um, when talking with my, my white friend, um, she got angry a lot. Uh, a lot of the times she would feel um, personally offended or attacked if my white friend had said something that um, to her might have been offensive. Um, or was offensive. <laughs> um, and I just kind of learned from that experience. I learned from having conversations with um, my, my white friend. Sorry, I have to keep saying that back and forth. Um, but uh, that having conversations with her, um, I knew where her heart was, and I knew that um, what she was doing was just trying to learn and understand. Um, and I had to extend grace in those situations and in those conversations, even when she did say something that might have been offensive to me and understanding that um, this is not something that she has ever really had to, to have conversations about or encounter and the fact that she was even willing to um, you know, put herself out there to have those conversations I think was really telling. Um, but again, yeah, I just, I just had to come from it from a lens of... Um, of really just extending grace and doing exactly what, um, you know, Christ had done for me. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's like one example of a conversation that I've had. Yeah. Tony, how that in these conversations, give us some ideas of, of how we handle this idea that, Hey, we're all going to say some things. We're all going to do some things. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experience in that. Uh, thank you, Ryan. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to my point of view to share, um, and uh, some experience for me, I think uh, it's absolutely right that we are going to get some things wrong, and, and saying that is that we have to be open. Um, our experience is not the only experience, so you have to be willing to sit down and actually listen and actually take those things in and actually have empathy for those things, and sometimes, from, through my experience, we get those things, oh, I didn't look at it like that. Oh, you was going through it that way. I can understand it more so. So yes, we are going to get it well, you know, get it wrong, and uh, we had to give ourselves room for that. But there's also give us room to get more understanding as well, and so we can get more understanding because that's what the Bible says. When all I get it, we need to get understanding, and I love wisdom, and I love understanding. Allison, what about you in that same question about just kind of handling those? those moments where, where there's some trepidation to speak sometimes. Maybe there's some uh, sometimes where we're not really sure we want to step into the conversation. How, would, how, would, how has your experience been in handling that? It's a great question. Um, as someone who is white, it's 
very easy in day-to-day life to opt out or to join in a conversation as comfortable as I can make it. But um, unfortunately for majority culture, I'm not obligated in a lot of spaces to engage if I don't want to. So truly it's been a conviction from the Holy Spirit. And um, I love to say that I'm perfect at it every day, but I'm not. I fail a lot. Um, And I think a lot of other white brothers and sisters could say the same as well. But um, the point is that not to feel shame about that, um, to engage out of relationship and love and care for others through the Holy Spirit, um, and to understand that it's an act of love and faith and obedience to the Lord to step out and to share. For those who are potentially new in this conversation, uh, which is going to be a lot of people, to be new in this conversation. Um, one of the things that has helped me trying to figure out how to have this conversation is just being told to listen, to so show humility in that, um, and, and to just hear, and hear with understanding, and actually hear what people are trying to say. For those who are new into the conversation, what would be your advice to them in stepping into this conversation for the first time? What would be uh, any suggestions you might give them to, to come into this, to be humble uh, and to listen? Um, I'll start off. Um, um, I think um, the best way um, to put it for me is to um, be willing to be, um, how can I say, a, a canvas in order to give someone um, an opportunity to paint their experience uh, on you so you can get a better understanding. Um, some things you're not going to look at it. You never did experience that. So some things you're not going to be open to. But allow yourself to really sit down and really observe and try to understand um, what will it be like to be in someone else's shoes. Really try to sit down and really grasp that. And I think once we you know, buckle down and just settle down in that, and having a, a, a loving heart, we can understand and try to have more sympathy or empathy towards that individual if this is something new to you. Um, new is not always bad. New is a great thing in a sense. You're going on a new experience, a new journey, and those things are sometimes good, sometimes uh, very exciting. And so just give yourself an opportunity to go on this new journey with this individual that you may not have experienced before. And sometimes if you allow yourself to do that, um, it, it'll be something very worthwhile and something you can build on moving forward. When you talk about being a canvas and, and kind of hearing that experience though, how important is it to be mindful that the experience that you are hearing about mm-hmm. is an individual experience mm-hmm. and not a broader experience? True. Um, I know as being a, uh, a uh, black uh, man from uh, Georgia. Uh, I know I have my own experience uh, through uh, my own life. But in doing that, my experience does not dictate the whole black male experience at all. Uh, just like my, uh, my, uh, my, my buddies here, my friends here, it does not dictate their own experience. They can't speak for people that, have, that are mixed or can't speak for all people that are white. It's just through their experience. And hopefully, if you buckle down, and listen to their experience, it may give you a better understanding on what it's like for them going through what they're actually going through, which would make it pretty much worthwhile for you to understand what it is 
about, you know, their life and what others may endure. Tyra, what would you say to someone new to the conversation as they maybe step in for the first time or, or have a little apprehension in that? I think first, um, consider being introspective and really looking deep into yourself and understanding, okay, what, what am I, what am I hearing that is causing some dissonance in myself? What am I hearing that I may not have heard before? Um, and then going into any type of conversation with a, a person of color, um, with an intention of like being a friend and loving someone and not just trying to get something out of someone or trying to get an understanding because, you know, as Tony said, we, we all do have different experiences. We can't speak for an entire race of people. Um, we are just people ourselves and we get things wrong as well. And so I think going into those conversations, ha wanting to have a conversation and not uh, allowing those conversations to be the end all be all and the end of your search or the end of your understanding. Allison, anything to add to that? Yeah, I really like that you guys, Tony, you said journey and Tyra, you said friendship. And I think that that's the key is, um, is going through it with another individual as part of a relationship and not a fact finding mission or to achieve something. Um, and I would say a um, lot of listening. I myself did a lot of reading and a lot of um, just gathering information to answer basic questions without peppering someone um, with that. Uh, it really helped just to give me time to understand things without burdening someone else to answer every single one of my questions. But at the same time, being um, open and transparent when saying like, hey, I'm really struggling with this particular concept or um, what's your life experience been like And this? This is something that I've been reading and inviting them into that. And that's been really great. Let's focus a little bit now more on what we heard in week one of this series on justice and reconciliation. And one of the things that we keep talking about is ensuring that as a collective, we are speaking the same language, that what we're saying is what we're saying, and it is not something other than that. It is not um, a cultural or political definition of what we're talking about. And we talked a little bit today about obviously justice and reconciliation, kind of reframing that. And I'm just going to go straight from our glossary of terms so we can be certain when we talk about justice, we're talking about rendering to every person their rights as image bearers of God. So when we say the word justice, rendering to every person their rights as image bearers of God. And we talk about reconciliation, this would be the restoring and healing process that grows out of God's divine act involving the continual practice of forgiveness, repentance, and justice that transforms broken relationships, systems, and structures into the way God intends them to be. So we want to start with those right off the jump. This is what we're talking about. And we did talk about a little bit of a reframing of that. And Allison, what was something in that reframing that jumped out to you as far as how that applies going forward? I think a lot of times when we refer to justice, particularly in um, like political or legal systems, it's seen as punitive. So punishment or um, making wrongs right in the sense of someone's going to um, undergo some sort of punishment or penance. Um, but this really reframed that for me of 
justice is not just about punishment. It's also about um, loving and caring for others and imparting a Mago Day into our world through God's vision. Tyra, did you pick up anything? I know that was something that at Midtown that was talked about quite a bit. What would be your take on that? Yeah, I would say um, one of the things that I got out of this sermon is, um, and in just framing reconciliation and justice as a part of the gospel. So not even just reframing that, but pulling back the curtains and helping us to understand and realize when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about what Jesus did for us, for all of us, um, reconciliation and justice, they can't be separated from that. The other things that we kind of put together today was the idea of righteousness and justice and talking more and more about how those two things biblically become and are very synonymous where we're saying the same thing. Um, Tony, in, in that kind of idea of justice and righteousness, if we start to read justice into the word righteousness, how do you think that changes the way we look at justice? Um, I think if we put it into the words of, of um, and look at, at what being a Christian is all about, um, you think about what Christ did for us and about how he brought us back to God. And so the whole thing, what we got out of today was what Bobby was saying, that um, we are in a place where we want to put things back right. If we are Christians, that's what Christ did. And if we want to uh, be the example of what Christ did, then we should be doing the same thing. It's making things right. Um, Bobby also pointed out that um, differences can exist, but division cannot exist. Um, we are all different in so many different ways, but we cannot be, be divided in that love, in justice, in reconciliation. That's one thing that we all must agree with it, not because of individuality, it's because God says so, and that's what God did. And if we are Christian, we must uphold that. We must uphold justice. We must uphold reconciliation. Tyra, what do you think on, on that line with the differences versus division, which would be celebrating those things that are different, identifying those things that are different, but not letting those things divide us? Give me a couple thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, talking about differences and division, you know, um, there is a there is historical lens and the way we talk about that as well. And I think it's part of the reason why we talk about that. And I know, you know, we'll talk about that in the next week as well, a little bit more about the historical background of that. But understanding and seeing our differences and celebrating those differences m means that we see God for who he truly is. Um, and, and I think that that is one of the main reasons that we talk about celebrating differences um, and seeing differences and understanding that um, we are different and we all do have different experiences, but we are not called to be a homogenous mm -hmm. group of people who sit down and, and have, and read scripture and go to church with people who look exactly like us. That's mm -hmm. not the gospel. And I think that that's kind of what we talk about, um, when we talk about the differences between celebrating differences and causing division. Allison, I want to ask you then very specifically, you married to James, James is African-American, you're white, so there's some differences there culturally, there's some differences in the way you're raised, the experiences you bring to the table. How have you seen that play out, kind of, if you were to think back 
early on in your relationship to where you're actually playing out this differences versus division type of thing? Yeah. Um, the short answer is, is it's, it's changed over time. Um, and there's been some hardships and some triumphs for sure. Um, we both went to Butler university, which is a predominantly white, um, middle or upper class school. Um, and we were friends before we dated. If you want to hear our dating history, it's very messy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, while we were friends, um, a lot of our friend group tiptoed around the fact that he was black um, and would call him codes like my very tall friend, which he is tall. Um, but like when they bring him home to family, friends, or whomever that they might be a little suspect of, it was, it was not explicit. And I remember when we first started dating, I was just very upfront and was like, this is weird. We need to start talking about the fact mm -hmm. that like, this is your culture, this is your family. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, people were welcoming that when he finally did pull back the curtain and say like, Hey, we all know that I don't look like you guys. Let's talk about it openly. Um, there was a lot of great discussion out of that really deepening of friendships and relationships as well. Um, and it helped knit us closer together. Um, We've had some conversations, especially early on in our marriage, where I said some things that were hurtful to him, um, and we had to reconcile that. Um, but ultimately, God's glory was just shown through that, and we've yeah. grown a lot closer to one another. And um, I've become more empathetic to my African-American brothers and sisters out of that. When we look at the reasons behind this entire series on justice and reconciliation, this is something that that Soma, since its, its onset, has been trying to pursue and, and finally getting to this point where we're having this conversation kind of in a sermon series from the pulpit and the reasons behind that. And we heard today, you know, that, you know, this is not something we want to do for metrics. This is not something we want to do to hit a quota. And, and quite frankly, looking at diversity as the end game is not what we want here. We're not, we're not working to make our congregations just look different, but I think there's a real difference in the diversity, but also then having a heart for Christ and then becoming a multi-ethnic congregation and church. When we look towards that idea, what are some things that you guys desire to see in that? And as far as hearing from our leadership hey, we're not after metrics. What does that say to you about the purpose of this? And, and marry that with what your purpose is for being involved in, in these conversations. When I hear uh, that it's not about metrics and stuff like that, um, mm, this, you say be ourselves, so I'm going to be myself always. <laughs> um, I feel like um, when you say something like soma, and it means body, and we have, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, we meet like every other uh, for uh, missional communities, we meet, and so we're a family. We eat together. We share different experiences and stuff like that. So they really feel like um, when you say not being a mate, that you really are a family. And so me, as being family oriented, I really take and I really dig deep down in that because that's what it's all about. That's what being a Christian is all about. So when you say different things like that, that means when I cry, that you're going to cry. When I'm happy, you are happy. So that make me feel family. It make me feel good. I want, and I want to know that you are in it just as much as I'm in it too. And when you take out the whole metrics and things like that nature, 
that really made me feel like you really trying to understand me. And so at the same time, with you just saying that, I also want to see that as well. I also want to see that you're also understanding me. I want to see that you're also fighting with me. I want to see that you're also right beside me as well, even though when there's times where, where it's going to be uncomfortable too. So I like that. And so when you say you're taking out the metric, that's making it seem to me that you're right there with me. Let me follow up on that then with a question which I would ask specifically of minorities because mm -hmm. we've heard in this conversation before in SOMA from some of our minority uh, members and minority attendees that we have seen this before. Mm -hmm. We have been let down by this before. Mm -hmm. that, that we're used to maybe being hurt by the church not sustaining this or just maybe doing a quick hit on this. Mm -hmm. If that's true, then what as a minority allows you to say, no, we're for real in this. We are going to do this together. We are not coming in here for a quick hit because this is popular. This is the trendy thing to do in the church right now. What makes us feel like this is really something that's going to grab hold? Speaking from my, me and my experience, God cannot speak for the whole. Um, when you first stated that we're going to get things wrong, First and foremost, you all are not God, okay? You're not perfect. You're going to get things wrong. And I have to give you grace enough to do that. But I serve a God that would not get nothing wrong. That he says in this word that all things work together for my good. And so when you do mess up, and when you don't have a, a good understanding of what I'm actually going through, I got to give you grace and I have to pray about it. Now, that ain't something that may be popular to say, but I have to give you grace it's if I'm going to stay in this race, if I'm going to uphold what justice is all about, if I'm going to uphold what reconcili reconciliation is all about. I have to stay in it. You're going to mess up. You're not going to get it right. But you are the church. You're not God. You know what I mean? And so when you say things like that, uh, that don't affect me you know, because I know you're only human. You're going to mess up, and I got to give you grace. And so that's my take. And so if you stay in it just as much as I'm standing, I think we're going to be okay because we hold on to God. And, uh, again, uh, uh, God has never failed us yet, and why would he do it now if we're on the same agenda, if we have the same understanding? And if you love me like you say you love me, then I think we're in the right place. We're in the right space as well. Tyra, we were encouraged today to stay with the pain in this conversation and in this pursuit what does staying with the pain look like or kind of mean to you I think it means like being okay with feeling uncomfortable and also being okay with like feeling like even if you come out of this conversation or this discussion and you don't have the right answers or you there is not this revelation um that we just need to stick with it and we need to we need to see this through um the way that the gospel intended it to be and I think personally for me, um, I think the way that I view my relationship with the church, and you mentioned before, um, you know, a lot of black or brown people, you know, getting hurt by the church or feeling as though um, this was a buzz topic that slowly went away. I think for me, um, 
you know, God put it on my heart and he challenged me to be a part of these conversations and be a part of the fight to not let this be something that's just a buzzword or something that goes away quickly. And um, I think it's easy, I think it'd be easy for me to just give up and walk away when things get hard or things get frustrating or uncomfortable. Um, But I know that God loves the church and all all of its imperfections, Mm -hmm. and I need to love the church the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I just think that that grace and that mercy, um, they're reciprocal. Like, I think they come from both sides. And I think that that's something that I've been really convicted by even this past year of knowing that if if there is going to be a change, that I need to be a part of that conversation as well. As we wrap up here, I would like you all, and Allison, I'll start with you on this, just talk one more thing as folks, again, who have been in this conversation, who have some experience in this. um, I'd like you all just to give one piece of encouragement to those who are out there listening to this. We know that we have tons of different experiences out there. We know we have tons of different ideas out there. We have a lot of hurt out there, but if you were to try to encourage the whole in this conversation as we launch out for this week and we week to week dig a little bit deeper and we pull back a few more layers and we maybe uncover a little more hurt and we uncover a little more uncomfortability and we uncover a little bit more pain, anything that you would say to encourage us as we walk through that? Yeah, um, Brandon ended his sermon today at Midtown with Revelation 5, 9, and 10, um, which I feel in, in this topic in particular, every tribe, tongue, and nation, it, it kind of becomes a little bit of the, the go-to. But what I'm thinking of right now is more of that's going to be a reality regardless of how this goes. Um, God's going to make it happen to where we are all one new creation gathered together to worship him for his glory um, and bow down before him. And we'll all be um, representing our respective cultures, ethnicities, um, languages, and such. And so I would say don't get weary of doing good because we know that that's true and that's God's heart, his vision. It will be realized because, as you said, Tony, God doesn't make mistakes. Um, And so even if we fumble the ball from time to time, say hurtful things, that doesn't take away from the fact that it's going to be a reality. Um, It's just more of a challenge and an encouragement of will you be part of that and seeking to bring that to our kingdom today in your lifetime? Uh, I would say, uh, again, what Bobby had preached today was very good. And one thing that he left off with, he left off, give something to think about, uh, is who uh, is forming you. And I want to, if someone listens to this podcast, uh, I want to encourage you by saying that um, when you're listening to justice and reconciliation, um, when the question asks to you, who is forming you or what is forming you, uh, I want to say, first of all, that make sure that social, uh, uh, socially, or social media is not forming you. Uh, I want to say, make sure that God is actually forming you and what he stands for. And so I want you to be able to listen 
Uh, listen to what he says in this word about how he loves justice and how he loves uh, righteousness. And I want you to be a caveat for that. Uh, I want you to just be a, uh, um, a person that ooze out that love, that ooze out that, 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 that communication, saying, you know what, I'm going to stand here, I'm going to listen, I'm going to observe, and I want to be a part of that. I want his word, his experience to form me. Yeah, I want to echo all of those things. I think for me, the biggest thing, I think the biggest encouragement I, I can give to anyone, including myself, is that, yeah, like Allison said, God will reconcile us regardless. <laughs> um, at the end, that's what's going to happen. And so um, I think staying steadfast and understanding if you get things wrong, God's still going to get it done. Um, and, and that God remains steady in all of this and all of the confusion and the different types of political parties we might have or the different social movements that happen in this world, our God remains constant and he has given us a promise that he will reconcile us all to him. And so, yes, we want to encourage everyone to, to be a part of that. And I mean, that's the gospel, but God's going to do it regardless. And with that promise, we still want to pursue that, yeah. right? We still want to pursue justice and mm -hmm. reconciliation because that is a central piece to who God is. Yeah. And we talked about that today. So knowing that, that we want to pursue that and he is going to cover up our transgressions mm -hmm. in that. We're so thankful for that. And I am thankful for you guys taking the time to sit down and talk through this. We appreciate your hearts in this. We appreciate your passion for it. And there's so much more for us to talk about and us to learn. So thank you all for joining us. And we'll be back with another conversation after we hear next week's sermon.